Back with another old-time radio tale of terror. You can find new ones every Saturday at relicradio.com. Thanks for joining me this week. We're going to hear from Mystery in the Air this time, an NBC series of only 13 episodes. Aired from July to September of 1947, featured Peter Lorre, as you'll hear. Our story today is their version of the Horla, one that's also been covered by the CBS Radio Mystery Theater and The Weird Circle. This episode of Mystery in the Air aired August 21st, 1947. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre, presented by Camel Cigarettes. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two kinds of stories. Those you can take to bed with you and they relax you and put your mind at ease. And then, then there's the other kind. And our story tonight is the other kind. I still do not know whether it was the shadow of the madness to which the author himself so tragically succumbed. Or whether there really was a, an evil something that could not be seen or described. Oh, why don't you decide for yourself, uh, I'm simply going to tell you the facts in a case as set forth by Guy de Maupassant in his immortal story, Horla. Each week at this hour... Peter Laurie brings us the excitement of the great stories of the strange and unusual, of dark and compelling masterpieces culled from the four corners of world literature. Tonight, The Horla by de Maupassant. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Laurie, brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. Yes, let your T-Zone experience what it means to enjoy camels' choice, superbly blended tobacco. You know your T-Zone, that's T for taste and T for throat, is your true proving ground for any cigarette. 
So try a camel. Discover whether that rich, full camel flavor doesn't just hit the spot with your taste. Whether that cool camel mildness doesn't get along beautifully with your throat. See if you too don't say, Camels suit my T-zone to a T. <laughs> lovely day it was. I spent all the morning lying in the grass in front of my house, the house in which I was born and grew up. Oh, it's a wonderful house, and I love it. From my windows, I can see our great river, the Seine, which flows along the side of my garden, yes. The great, wide Seine, which goes to Rouen, Le Havre, and and it's covered by boats passing to and fro. Yes, down to the left lies Rouen, and a whole city dominated by the spire of the cathedral and, and full of bells which sound through the air on fine days, even as far as my home. Oh, <laughs> what a wonderful morning. I was almost sorry when Marie, she's my housemaid, you know, when, when she interrupted me. Your luncheon is ready, Mister. Oh, thank you, Marie. But, you know, it seems a pity to go in a house. Say, do you like it here, Marie? Oh, yes, sir. I like it very much. Yeah. I love to watch the boats go by on the same. Oh, you do, huh? So do I. See that one? That big schooner, and, and it's being pulled by... Look, what a little tug. Oh, look, it's no bigger oh, than a fly. I meant beautiful. Clean and white and shiny. All white, yes. And she's a three-master, you know. Brazilian, I think. Yes, I... Yes, I can see the flag. It is Brazilian. Oh, she's had a long journey from South America to pass my house. You love this place very much, don't you, monsieur? <laughs> yes, Maria. I love it. I can feel those deep roots which attach a man to the soil on, on which his ancestors were born and died. And, and to the villages, yes, to... To, to the atmosphere itself. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you, Marie? No, sir. No. But I do know that if you don't come into the house soon, your luncheon will be cold. All right, all right, Marie. I'll come in. some reason, I, I've had a slight feverish attack the last few days, and I, I feel low-spirited and ill. I, I have continually a horrible feeling of, of impending danger, an apprehension of, of some coming misfortune or, or of approaching death. Uh, I've never experienced anything like this before. If it continues, I, I think I'll have to see my doctor. Look, I've told you, your pulse is rapid and your eyes yes, are slightly yeah. dilated. 
Otherwise, you're in splendid condition. But, Doctor, then then why is it when evening comes on, a, a feeling of oppression seizes me, just, just as if night concealed something horrible? Why is that? Probably just a slight attack of indigestion. Yes, yes, indigestion. Yesterday, when I was walking in a forest of Rumor, why did it suddenly seem to me that I was being followed and, and that someone was walking at my heels close, quite close to me? He was near enough to touch me, and yet, yet when I turned around, I saw nothing. Nothing behind me but the path between the tall trees. Horribly empty. Uh, can you explain that by indigestion, can you, huh? Well, here's a bromide. Mm. If you'll take it in several cold showers daily, I'm sure your fears will vanish. Yes, I'm and sure. And you'll be able to sleep without any further trouble. All right, Doctor. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just a moment, just a moment. Yes? Are you all right? What is it, Marie? screaming and calling out. I'm sorry, I... Wake the servant. I'm having a nightmare, Marie. Look, if you dreamed that someone was looking at you and touching you and and taking your neck in his hands and squeezing it, squeezing with all his might in order to strangle you, don't you think you would cry out too, huh? Yes, sir, I'm sure I should. see, all right, just tell the other servants I shall try to be more quiet. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Good night. Hey, look. Look, Marie, my, my water carafe. My water carafe, monsieur? Yes, it, it was full. I, I know it was full when I went to bed. Yes, sir, I filled it last night. Yes, and now it's empty. I haven't touched it, and, and it's empty. Yes, sir. Somebody has drunk the water. Somebody has, has been in his room. Somebody, something... Drank that water. I don't know who could have, sir, unless perhaps you yourself in your sleep. Yes, yes, I myself in my sleep, of course. That's it. I, I must have done it myself, Marie. Marie, tell him to pack my things. Uh, I'm going to Paris. Uh, I'm leaving the first thing in the morning. <laughs> July 12, Paris. <laughs> Paris, I, I must have lost my head during the last few weeks. At home, my mental state bordered a madness, for, for I had believed, yes, I, I had believed that, that an invisible being lived beneath my roof. <laughs> how stupid, how perfectly ridiculous it all seems now, yes. 24 hours in Paris have completely restored my equilibrium, and and tonight I, I'm going to dine at the house of my cousin, Madame Sablé, and, oh, Dr. Parent is going to be there. He's the famous specialist for nervous disorders, and, and I shall ask him, and I'm sure he, he can finally put my mind at rest about this silly hallucination. But Dr. Parent, I, I've been wanting to ask you, have, have you ever known of a case where a person feels that he has, um, how shall I put it? And not entirely in, in command of his soul? It is curious that you should ask me that. Why is it curious? Because now, only now in 1889, yeah. after all these years, we are on the verge of discovering one of the most important secrets of nature. What is that? Ever since man has thought, he has felt himself close to a mystery which has been impenetrable to his gross and imperfect senses. Yes. Whatever are you talking about, Dr. Tyler? <laughs> Apparitions, my dear Madame Sablé. 
invisible spirits. Oh, you doctor. You're always being mysterious. Oh, not at all. For more than a century now, men seem to have had a presentiment of something new. Uh, Mesmer and some others have put us on an unexpected track, and we have arrived at really surprising results. Oh, you're just trying to frighten us. Not at all. If you think so, would you like me to try to send you to sleep, madame? It would be a novel experience. <laughs> if you can do it. And if I can, it will answer your cousin's question. Yes, it certainly will. Now, madame, if you will just sit in this easy chair. So, yeah. Now, you must let your mind go completely blank and look fixedly into my eyes. Yes, that's it. Now, you are going to sleep. To sleep. You're going to sleep. 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 You see, her eyes are becoming heavy. Her mouth is twitching. That's incredible. You have nothing but that. I don't like this. It frightens me. Sleep. Sleep. Yeah, now she is asleep. An easy subject, I must say. Now, if you will stand directly behind her chair, I will proceed with the experiment. Now, I hand her an ordinary pasteboard visiting card. So. Now, Madame Sable, you hold in your hand a looking glass. Yes. I'm holding a looking glass. What do you see in it? I see my cousin standing behind my chair. What is he doing? He is twisting his ear. But, Doctor, she cannot see me behind her by, by looking at a piece of cardboard. No, of course she can't. She sees you through her mind. Or someone's mind. This troubles you, doesn't it? Yes, sir. It troubles me. But it answers your question. No. No, it does not. That's common knowledge, Doctor. It's an axiom that, that human beings can be dominated by human beings. But what if a human being is, is dominated by something? By, by something else, I mean. Something not human. What then, Doctor? back at home. Yes, now I know it's useless to struggle. Useless. Somebody possesses my soul and, and dominates it. Somebody orders all my acts, all my thoughts. I'm, I'm nothing except his slave and a terrified spectator of all I do. Yes, but, but who is he, this, this invisible being that, that rules me, this, this unknowable spirit, this this rover of the supernatural race, he, he must have a name. I, I know he has. I feel it. I, I can feel it. And, oh, someday. Someday it will come to me. Oh, if, if I only could leave my house and go away and escape and, and never, never return. But it's impossible. This, this being I cannot call by name, he... He will not let me. I'm helpless. What can I do? What can I do? Mr. Peter Laurie will bring us the climax of tonight's mystery in the air. 
when camels present act two of the Horla. Experience is the best teacher. Even thousands of years ago, that was an old saying. Today, sports champions like polo star Cecil Smith are living examples of its truth. Yes, as you see Cecil Smith streak down the field, see him hit a 60-yard backhand shot for the winning goal of the game, you know it takes experience to play polo like that. As Cecil Smith himself said, Experience is the best teacher in polo, and in cigarettes, too. During the wartime cigarette shortage, I smoked any brand I could get. Experience taught me how much I really appreciate camels. They suit me to a T. During the wartime cigarette shortage, people smoked whatever brands they could get, remember? Yes, smokers compared the different brands, whether they wanted to or not. People became experts in judging the differences in cigarette quality. And on the basis of that experience, more and more people discovered they preferred the rich, full flavor of camels, the cool mildness of camels. As a result, more people are smoking camels than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel yourself. Now back to de Maupassant's terrifying story of a man obsessed by the idea that he is dominated by an invisible being. Fear is ruining his life. The suspicion that he is no longer master of his own actions, even of his own soul, is rapidly becoming a certainty. It's only two o'clock. The whole night is before me. Oh, how, how still it is. And the stars... How bright they are. Who inhabits those faraway regions and and what do they know that we do not know? Will not one of them someday appear on our earth to conquer it? We are so weak, so so defenseless, and what was that? I heard the rustle of paper. Yet there's no wind. Absolutely no wind. There. It's that book, yes. The, the one on the table under the lamp. It's incredible. The, the page has turned. The page lifted itself up and fell down upon the others as if a finger had turned it over. My armchair appears empty, but, but no, it isn't. No. No, he is there. I know he is. Sitting in my place. He's reading. I can't stand it any longer. I'll blast him. He ran away. He, he ran away before I could reach him. He, he ran away and, and the window closed after him. <laughs> He's afraid of me. He's afraid of me. <laughs> what do you call yourself, you... You evil slave! Whatever it is, whatever it is, someday, someday I'll catch you and, and crush you! Come in here! What? What? We heard the noise and we wondered. Another nightmare, Richard. No, it's not a nightmare. I, I was awake. Tell me. Tell me, Marie. Don't you? No, monsieur, I don't. No. No, you couldn't. It, 
It's all right, Marie. Go to bed. There's nothing wrong. Don't worry anymore. Go back to sleep. Go Yes, now I know. How can I help but knowing it's obvious? Yes, the, the rule of man is over, and, and he has come. He has arrived. What is his name? What do you call yourself? What's that? I, no, I know he's... He's shouting it out. Yes, yes, I listen. Huh? Hola. That's it, yes. The Hola. Yes, the Hola. He, he haunts me. He, he is within me. He, he's becoming my soul. I, I shall kill him. There, monsieur. Why? The iron shutters on the windows and door complete. All right. Well, why anybody wants half-inch iron shutters in their bedroom is more than I can see. Well, at least it'll keep everything out. I don't want to keep things out. I want to keep something in. Hmm? Never mind, never mind. If you're finished, you take your toes and go. My housekeeper will pay you. Yes, monsieur. Good day, monsieur. Good day. Now I'm ready. Yes, tonight he'll come. Tonight I'm ready for him, I... I'm ready for him. Hmm. He's here, yes. I feel it. At last, he's here, but... Oh, I don't want to alarm him. I, I'll casually close the iron shutter so... So casually as, as if I'm preparing for bed and... Now I'll start to close the iron door, as if I'm shutting myself in for the night. But, but instead of shutting myself in, I'll... I'll shut myself out! Yes! Yes, it's Donnie! He's inside! He cannot escape! Downstairs! Downstairs! Yes! As fast as I can run! Oh, good! Good! The lamp is still burning! Oh, yes, fire! Fire, that'll dispose of him. Fire. Oh, see, the house is dry as tender. Won't take long. See, the flames are reaching the ceiling already. And I'd better get out before I burn myself up, too. Here, yes, here. I can, I can watch from here. How slow Slow, the house is burning. Don't you suppose? No. No, there, yes. A tongue of flame licking out on the top of the window. And another, and, and another. See it burn. My house, my, my beautiful house. And, oh, but it's, it's more beautiful. And it's now in flames because... Because he's inside him. And he'll burn too, yes. And, and I'll be free. Free. Free of the horror. Fire! 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 The house is on fire! Yes. Get some water! Yes, it's burning. Oh, it's burning. Oh. 
Now the whole place is Nothing! Nothing can stop it! That's Marie! The servants in the garage! They'll be killed! Uh, Here, stand back, uh, all of you! The roof's gonna cave in! Look! Oh, the poor devils, we gotta get some help. Maybe yeah. we'll get them out of there. It's lighting up the whole countryside. A monstrous, beautiful fuel fire. And he's burning, too. My prisoner, that, that new being, that, that new master, the horror. The roof has fallen. The roof has fallen. It's over. That is the end for him. He's dead. Yes, but... Is he dead? No. No. A spirit would never fear premature destruction. Only we fear it. All our human terror springs from that, and... Well, then, after man... What? The horror, yes. After us, who can die any day, by any accident, comes he who can die only at his own proper hour, because he has touched the limits of his existence. No, he's not dead. What, what can I do? What, what can I do? Oh. There's one thing I can do. I, I can destroy myself. Yes, yes, yes. I must destroy myself. I'm going to destroy, destroy myself. Destroy. Yes. Let me go. Yes. I know I'm being alive. I know. I know it's a story. I know it's by the Mopasson, yes. I know it's Thursday night and we are on the air, but but it's the horror. Let oh. oh I I beg your pardon. I, I'm sorry I got too excited, but I I warned you at the beginning it it's a very uncomfortable story. <laughs> makers of camel cigarettes send free camels to servicemen's hospitals from coast to coast. This week, the camels go to Veterans Hospital, Northampton, Massachusetts, USAAF Station Hospital, Boca Raton Field, Florida, U.S. Naval Hospital, Bremerton, Washington, U.S. Marine Hospital, Galveston, Texas, and Veterans Hospital, Augusta, Georgia. According to a nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. 113,597 doctors living in every state in America were questioned by three leading independent research organizations. What cigarette do you smoke, doctor, was asked. The brand named most was Camel. Next week, Mystery in the Air, starring Mr. Peter Lorre, brings you Beyond Good and Evil by Ben Hecht. 
with a special musical score composed and conducted by Paul Barron. Mr. Pipe Smoker, do you know why more pipes smoke Prince Albert than any other tobacco? Well, just try a pipeful, then you'll know. Just taste the extra-rich, full flavor of P.A.'s choice tobacco. See if you don't prefer Prince Albert's cool mildness. Prince Albert is specially treated to ensure against tongue bite. Crimp cut to burn slow, smoke cool. Yes, Prince Albert is specially made for smoking pleasure. See if you don't enjoy your pipe more with Prince Albert. Be sure to listen to Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry Saturday night for a half hour of folk songs and humor with Red Foley, Minnie Pearl, Rod Brassfield, and the rest of the Opry gang. And his Red special guests, those musical Denning sisters. Remember, Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry, Saturday night over NBC. <laughs> Listen again next week at this same time when the makers of Camel Cigarettes present Mr. Peter Lorre in Mystery in the Air. Next week's play will be Beyond Good and Evil by Ben Heck. The artists supporting Mr. Lorre tonight were Henry Morgan as the voice of mystery, Peggy Weber as Marie, Lorene Tuttle as Madame Sable, Ken Christie as the doctor, Ben Wright as Dr. Parent, Howard Culver and Jack Edwards, Jr. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood wishing you a pleasant good night for Camel. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's The Horror for this week. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find more from The Horror, Mystery in the Air, and all the other Relic Radio podcasts at relicradio.com. We've got a shoutcast stream up and running there as well. Lots to listen to, all for free, thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Saturday with another episode of The Horror. The Horror.